Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like the episode and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei, both of whom generously donated $100 each to support the channel. If you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is once again dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei. Now, MVG is on vacation. He is in Australia visiting family and friends. But with a Nintendo Direct right around the horizon, we had to do some predictions. And for this episode, we brought on a very special guest, Giant Bomb's own Jeffrey Grubb. Howdy, thanks for having me on. I just finished a round of Splatoon that I accidentally started. <laughs> I just like was picking it up and I'm like messing around with stuff and I'm like, oh, I'll start it. Oh my god, I'm about to do a podcast. What am I doing? But I'm all good. It finished just in time. That's the joy of Splatoon. Nice quick matches. Yeah, it's real good. And that's very timely. You're playing a Nintendo game. We're about to talk about Nintendo Direct. Oh yeah. Something that has been in the headlines now for better part of a week with a lot of expectation because you and Mike Minotti really had people expecting a blowout. Right. Yeah. It's it's so it's it's podcasting, right? So you could say whatever you want. And a lot of times you're like, okay, here, I know the things I want to say and the things I want to confirm and the things I want to guess. And uh, you say things like, hey, it could be a Zelda blowout. And that becomes uh, the headline on the RGT85 video. Zelda blowout. You motherfucker! Son of a bitch. But I'll be sure. Yeah, we said it, so you know it's on us in the end. Uh, Yeah, we got we got a lot of people talking. Mostly though, it's like I kind of just wanted to be like, yeah, the direct that Nate's been talking about for a while. We've heard that's confirmed too. The things that we're expecting, well, we're hearing stuff about Zelda. The name seems like a a, a very high likelihood for the name. These Zelda ports, well, we we are hearing about that. We'll see. And then um, Metroid Primes, man, that thing's been done for a long time, it seems like. And uh, I've heard it's coming out this holiday. It would be weird if it didn't show up there. And okay, and then it, t- it takes two. But, like, okay, well, that's the stuff I can lay out for you. Everything else is kind of, it just feels like, well, uh, it's the content that gets built on top of that from there, where it's like then people are like, come and ask you more questions. And I don't have a lot more answers for people. This is what I've heard. You know, it's Nintendo. They're pretty locked down with this stuff, and it's hard to. Uh, uh, cross verify in a lot of cases, but I, I, I'll say you this: it's going to happen in a couple of days, no matter what, and we'll find out for ourselves. That is right. And to start today's episode, we're going to do what we know is in this Nintendo Direct. That way, people won't confuse what we know yeah. for speculation, and it simplifies the listening experience and expectation for the listeners and. Those who will listen and post the forums, so social media, or even websites. And I'll start off with one of the projects that I know is in the Direct, and it's no surprise to anybody, but Ubisoft will be there with another look at Mario Rapids 2. Yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense, right? They gotta, they gotta sell that game, Nintendo's their partner there, obviously it has the Mario IP in it. Uh, they, they are... Probably showing that tomorrow, right? As we're recording this Saturday, it's going to be part yes. of their Ubisoft Forward. And then, you you know, you just do the one-two punch with that and then the direct. And then it's like, okay, now time to actually sell the game. Uh, so it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Now, beyond that, 
I actually don't know that much of what will definitely be in the show, so I will defer to you. Yeah. And what you know will be there. Yeah, the, the one thing, and, it, you know, we were talking a little bit about this. Uh, it's very, it's a lot easier with third party, right? Because if a third party says they're going to be in there, Nintendo's not going to pull out the rug from underneath them, right? They're not going to, um, mm-hmm. they're not going to go ahead and be like, oh, pull the fast one on you, just joking. JK, you're not actually in there. So when EA has It Takes Two in there, and of course the snitches confirmed this, but uh, uh, this is what I was hearing. Uh, th- this is like one of the ways I was finding out, oh yeah, definitely the week of the 12th, because EA was expecting to have a, a It Takes Two announced for the Switch uh, at the week of the 12th at a Direct. And so, yes, that's going to be there, and I can say I know that. Uh, beyond that, knowing what is in the Direct and knowing that Nintendo has plans for stuff like Metroid Prime, it's those are different things. I'm, I would just be guessing beyond that, so... The only thing I can say I know for sure is it takes two from EA. Yes. And now we'll go into our actual predictions aspect of the show. And one of the games I'm expecting to be here, because we've seen it leak now several times on ratings board, is the Skyrim Special Edition or whatever it's branded as. I forget the exact brand because... I believe the only difference between this and the version that launched on the Switch back in 2017 is mods. It, it, if, it comes with like a bundle of mods, right? It's the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim Special Edition Anniversary Edition. I can't remember either. <laughs> I keep trying to like remember exactly what it's called, but like I think the Special Edition came out and was is, isn't that already on there? Maybe not. Maybe that is a Special Edition. So yeah, because you can get Skyrim on the Switch now. The Special Edition is probably the new thing. Yeah. So I expect that would be there just because we've seen all the leaks with the ratings board. So Mm -hmm. it seems as though this would be the right time. And we know Bethesda really loves to release games around anniversaries or even on, you know, this year Starfield was supposed to be on 11-11. The fact that they don't have Starfield, maybe they'll drop Elder Scrolls on Switch on 11-11. Just so they have something in the holiday season. And... I mean, I'm curious how much of an audience there really is there on the Switch to revisit Skyrim with whatever mods this version is going to have on the Switch. But I do expect that will be there. And I'm going to pivot to Square Enix because I think Square Enix could have a meaningful presence at this Direct. Right. They always seem to have a meaningful Mm -hmm. presence in Nintendo Directs and this one being right before the Tokyo Game Show, I think is going to set the tone for what Square is going to be demoing and showcasing themselves during the Tokyo Game Show. So one title that I am predicting has reasonable chance to be finally announced and confirmed for the Switch is the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a game that I know is coming to Switch. It's always been a matter of when will it be announced. Right. And this just feels as though it is perfect timing. Because it's been over a year now since it was originally announced, and all of the games have since released on Steam. So any minor bugs or issues that those versions have, they've been able to you know, iron out and now bring it to consoles. And the Switch is just a fantastic platform to play these types of old-school RPGs. So I think this one has a high chance of finally being announced. If it's not there, I would be very surprised because how much longer is Square really going to sell on these releases? 
And I'd be more curious as to the form that Square could potentially release these six games. Ideally, we would get them all on a single game card released at retail. But you also have to look from Square's point of view. If you could sell them individually for 15 or $20 on the eShop... It was something they've done on on mobile for years now with the previous mm -hmm. versions of these games, yeah. I mean, it definitely makes sense to go that route, but I would love just to give you $60, all the games, one game card, physical copy, and, you know, call it a day. So I would definitely be curious as to how they plan to present these games when it does arrive on Switch. I, I think they could almost get away with 15 for each game and then a $60 pack on a card. And it's like, no, you mm-hmm. save like literally $30, right? I'm bad at math, but yeah, $30. And yes. so <laughs> and everyone's like, oh my God, what a deal, $60. Yes. And it's like everyone's ignoring they, they bought these games a million times before because, hey, we got a deal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we know Square also has a few games coming out this holiday. They have uh, Tactics Ogre. They have Harvest Stella. So I would expect that we're going to get another look at those games. And if you want to view Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters as six individual games, that's eight games from Square Enix in the single direct. Mm-hmm. That's pretty substantial. And I'm sure we'll get another look at Nier coming to Switch in October. So it's a good time to drop that final trailer to get last bit of marketing. Sure. Um... Do you have any predictions for Square Enix beyond those games? Um, no, I, I think that's. I think that probably pretty much covers it. Um, you know, we, we just got out of D twenty three with nothing from like um, like Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. four. So, not that Kingdom Hearts four would be on a Switch, but you, like, there's always the potential for more Kingdom <laughs> Hearts spinoffs, right? So, I think if they're not talking about even Kingdom Hearts four, they're probably not going to have anything like that at the show. I, I you know. I, I guess my one thing would be, like, I wonder if there's any chance for Nintendo and Square Enix to just buck up and figure out Super Mario RPG and, uh, and stuff like Chrono Trigger on Nintendo Switch Online. Um, and if it's not, mm. if it's, if like, for, like specifically in the case of Chrono Trigger, um, like, if that's not going to happen, then, you know, could that get, a, like, a standalone re- release or something on the Switch? Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's always the possibility for that. That feels like something they could do whenever and it doesn't have to happen now. One game that just came to mind from Square, and it came to mind very randomly because you mentioned Chrono Trigger and I was thinking 2D HD, is the remake of Dragon Quest III. Right. Like, yes. We haven't seen that since it was announced at, I believe it was the Tokyo Game Show now. So, a year ago? Yeah, so... Maybe two, an update on that? Two, and that's the 2D HD one, right? Uh, yes. That would be HD 2D, right? Um yeah, I would love to see more about that. That would be very cool. Um, a year later, that seems right. You probably shouldn't let it go by another Tokyo Game Show without an, uh, saying some more about it, unless it is still really far off, which seems uh, unlikely. It seems like that one of the reasons they go with the, this this art style is that they can work on it relatively quickly compared to a full like 3D remake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, Sega, I would expect, is going to be there with another look at Sonic Frontiers. They're really gearing up the marketing for yep. this game after a very lukewarm first impression. And more recent footage has, I would say, gathered a more positive vibe. Yep. But I, they still I have work in. to do. Yes. You bought yeah. in. Yeah, I bought in on the Sonic cycle. I'm, I'm all in. It's going to be, uh, it's going <laughs> to break the Sonic cycle once and for all. It's going to be good, actually. Uh, I'm a sucker. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I have. I'm not invested in it yet. I continue to watch the footage, and yes, it has made notable improvements. Yep. I'm just concerned about that gameplay loop, and 
how will I get tired of it quickly or is it going to be engaging enough and how the world design is going to play into things they still have to sell me on the overall direction and you know when we have reviews come out when the game actually releases it'll definitely be something that I take note of but right now I just don't have faith in the Sonic game just yet they're getting they're getting my interest but they haven't sold me just yet but maybe a new direct trailer could further my anticipation yeah we'll find out i I think with this game i'm just like ah it's gonna be on pc it looks like this big open space that is it's finally starting and many of these newer trailers starting to have more and more familiarity with previous sonic which was my biggest gripe with the or the first preview they gave us um and so it's like okay if this could be a space where not necessarily the player even sega is playing around in i bet mods are gonna have a lot of fun and if even if it's just like this weird sonic offshoot that is mo it as long as it's not falling apart at the seams, I think I'm going to be pretty happy with it. If it's a game where it feels like you're playing as Sonic and it's it's going fast and you can like run without falling through the geometry, um, <laughs> and occasionally it, it flashes by and it looks like reminiscent of those Sega of those uh, Sega Genesis graphics, I think it'll it'll work for me. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting title to watch, and maybe Sega will finally break the Sonic cycle. Maybe we can have hope. We can maybe hope. they will. Beyond that, I think the only thing from Sega, and I'm including Atlas here, is we maybe get another look at Persona 5 because that is releasing in just over a month for the Switch. So that feels like another opportunity to drop a quick trailer, just get some last-minute hype building towards the launch date in October. And then other than that, I there's really nothing from Sega and Atlas that's coming to mind unless they have a big surprise that they really want to drop at the Tokyo Game Show, that they were using this Direct as the launch pad for. Right. But on the Switch platform, I'm just unsure what type of Sega IP would, you know, really be suitable for that role. Uh, what do you think about... Um, no, I was going to... No, I th- actually, now I think about I think you're probably right. That, that, that for the most part, like, Sega's in a place where Sonic makes a lot of sense on Switch. Everything else, not right now, probably not. As we get more powerful switches in the future, yeah, they'll they'll wrap back around and be ready to maybe announce games at Nintendo Directs like that in the future. Uh, but for now, Sonic Frontier seems like the focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's their big holiday game, except for Humankind. Right. Which, yeah, but you I mean, know that's the, not that's a port. It is what yeah. That's just like trying to get yeah. another you know breath of uh, life into that game for sure. Yeah. So I think out of Sega, that's. Sonic Frontiers is probably going to be the big focus if they are, they, you know, do have a presence. Um, Capcom. They're always that wild card when it comes to Nintendo Directs. Right. What do you think, uh, what do you think about Revelations showing up? Uh, is that, do you think that's, there's possibly like those games get remastered for Switch or something? We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you have, you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The way, the way we can do this 
is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. I, I mean, unless Capcom has made significant progress and the Resident Evil game that was in development for Switch can, is still a Switch right. project, maybe. But knowing that Resident Evil 4 is coming out early next year and we have Resident Evil 8 Village mm-hmm. getting meaningful DLC in October, I don't see them announcing a brand new Resident Evil game for the Switch or any other platform until 4 is already out. Right. And they have so um, if they have time, they can yeah, because those other games are, mm-hmm. are more important for sure. Yeah, so if Capcom has a presence on Switch, my prediction would just be something more basic, maybe some ports of older games that haven't come to the platform yet, like maybe something like a Devil May Cry Four. The fact that it isn't on the platform yet is still very surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, you know, I really can't think of something that I would expect from Capcom unless they have like a a Mega Man game that's just going to come out of nowhere and surprise everybody, which they kind of had in the Partner Direct. Right. They had the uh, Mega Man DS games. So what was maybe that? We uh, another the, look at those. What was that Mega Man game that was in the Mega Man? Ha- or I'm sorry, in the Capcom hack. Did that ever come out? Was that a, just a mobile game? Probably. I believe that was a mobile game. It probably was that that mobile game that came out. There was that Mega Man Rockman mobile game. So yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a shame. But. Yeah, Capcom. I'm not expecting a big presence here. They're um, gonna they're gonna finally release Deep Down. They're gonna take the PlayStation 4 launch <laughs> game that never came out and bring it to it Switch, Switch instead. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> finally, see what that's all about. Yep. <laughs> Poor Deep Down. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other you know big Japanese companies who would really want to be utilizing this direct to headline yeah. what they're going to have at Tokyo Game Show but I mean when you think of Switch support from Japanese companies you really kind of focus on Square, Capcom Sega, maybe Bandai Namco to a certain right. extent to an extent but, but I, I, all of yeah. their recent efforts I mean they seem to be targeting more powerful hardware outside of games you know like Klonoa yeah or Steam like they're like hey well Steam is a thing mm. we've ignored for years and now we can have a lot of success on there, so we should be focusing on that. So yeah, that's um, you know they they know if they have a game that is made and fits is would fit the Switch, they should put it there. It's just you know that's not exactly where most of their efforts are right now. Mm-hmm. Now we go some some of the Western companies. I mean, we've already mentioned games from you know major Western companies, but beyond the ones mentioned, do you think EA could have any other? presence in this nintendo direct we know ea has been a very reluctant partner when it comes to the nintendo switch they made a big deal when they were going to bring what was it five or six games in a 12 month span yeah the majority of those games were old ports yep yeah i um <laughs> i would say pro- almost certainly nothing else other than it takes two uh if if they were gonna have something i probably would have heard about it for one but also um it's just yeah ea is kind of in that state where they're like we're doing a port to, to the switch you know, be happy you're at least getting that. They're not like working on anything <laughs> specifically for the Switch. Like a Peggle for the Switch would be very cool, but they're they're not going to do anything Ooh. like that. It's we're just getting it takes two. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, we got like Apex from- Legends and Burnout and all that stuff that you're you're talking yeah. about, but that was it. Mm. And then they were just like, we pledged, we're done. Yep. You get scraps now. Yep. I mean, we if, were getting most we of even- scraps then. Yeah. Now we're getting nothing. Yeah. 
I mean, It Takes Two is definitely going to be an interesting project to see how they were able to downscale it to the Switch. Yeah, I wonder and if I'm, like I wonder if FSR is going to be in a lot of those kinds of games where it's just like, you know, it, it you know it's not like it's doing a ton for Splatoon, but you know, and it's 1.0, yeah. so it's just like a sharpening filter, but whatever. It could get you a few extra frames per second. So I just wonder if it's going to show up in a lot of those games. Yeah, maybe, because, I mean, It Takes Two was a fairly demanding game, even yeah. on, you know, PS4 and Xbox One. So I believe it is Unreal Engine 4, so they can scale it. Right, just, that's a good I wonder engine. what the bottom out for the resolution and frame rate is going to be on Switch. I mean, maybe they yeah. did a fantastic job and it surprises us. We'll yeah, find maybe. out very maybe. soon. Now, from like Ubisoft, yes, we'll see Rabbits 2. I wouldn't be surprised if something like Just Dance shows up. It's still a sure. very lucrative IP for them, especially on Nintendo platforms. Yeah, and they've, what they've teased for Ubisoft Forward is, I guess they probably wouldn't tease Just Dance, but it doesn't seem like Just Dance is going to be at that Forward event. So, yeah, just mm -hmm. have, save it for the Direct instead, because it's going to sell a ton on Nintendo hardware anyhow. And it doesn't appear that any of the upcoming Assassin's Creed games for the next five to six years are going to be appearing on the current Switch, so it's unlikely we'll hear about Mirage or the Assassin's Creed set in Japan right. at this Direct. That's going to be Ubisoft forward and nothing at the Direct for those games. Yeah, nothing, especially those games. It seems like they got they have like a mobile one happening and stuff like that. Maybe they're doing that mm -hmm. weird thing sometimes that developers do, like uh, what... Um, uh, Zynga's doing with that, their Star Wars game where it's like it's mobile and Switch maybe something like that happens with that Assassin's Creed game but probably not you're probably right that we don't get anything from Assassin's Creed now we can just do some out there predictions from third parties and indies because there's some indie games out there that we have been dying for an update from like Sports Story yeah that'd be cool that game I mean do you think there's any chance that we hear of that game in this direct. <laughs> I, I mean, there's always a chance, and I would love that to happen. Um, but I don't know if I'm, I'll say that. Yeah, maybe there's a strong chance it's there, but there, it feels like it's just as strong that we don't hear about it again until next summer, <laughs> and it comes out, you know, like a few weeks later. At that point, they don't have to talk about that game until they're ready to talk about that game. There's, they get no benefit from coming out and talking about it early. So um, unless it's ready to drop, which seems like so unlikely in a world where so many games just continually get delayed, uh, then, then you could probably just continue to wait for it. This is going to be my out there indie prediction. I think in this direct, Kenna, or Kina, however they actually pronounce her name, I never remember. will be announced for the Nintendo Switch. That would be that would be interesting. Um, has that that's shown up? Uh, that's showing up on PC now, right? Yes, this month. Right. Okay. And that's kind of that's what's making me think maybe it's a shadow drop. for the Switch eShop. Interesting. That, that I like the sound of that. That would be very cool. But that game is also, I guess you know maybe a lot of it's in the art, but it looks mm -hmm. very visually pretty. And I wonder I wonder what it could look like on a Switch. I mean. It is a very visually pleasing game. Right. And a lot of it is the art style. Because, I mean, the game itself is faux open world. It was very linear in design. But it also just has that, for lack of a better term, that Zelda feel. And it yeah. would really resonate with that Switch fan base. And even the art style. 
has that cartoony presence with the uh i forget what the little pikmin things are called in the game right now yeah i, I can't the, um, the darkness or something like that i never really played much yeah, of it like the the muck or oh, the, something yeah, I forget. yeah the plague something like yeah, that yeah but like you know they have that cute little character appearance to them and that's something that teens young adults will look at even children be like oh that's cute and then they'll buy the game and realize the game's not exactly designed for children right. but we got your 20 dollars or however much they you know charge but the fact that when they announced the pc version they dropped a significant patch on ps4 and ps5 that addressed a lot of bugs mm-hmm. refined things added new content and we saw that kind of happen with previous games that came to switch all of a sudden where it was like we could just release a significant update on the xbox or if you look at the ori games they had addressed a lot of the frame performance issues and such and then all of a sudden oh yeah there's a switch version too and it feels as though when developers are refining their already finished game it's usually because they're working on another version and that's where the refinements came from that's where they were able to find new you know tricks to better optimize their project because they were maybe downscaling it for other hardware so maybe that's why that you know that significant patch was happening because they were downscaling it to the switch they learned new techniques and we were able to get a significant update on the more powerful platforms to better optimize the game bring the game to pc i mean it's an out there prediction still not happen i I don't i don't think it's completely implausible it seems like Hmm. The timing is interesting, I think. Yeah, that PC version definitely got me thinking of this is a like the Switch is a good platform for this game. And if they could make it happen, they would definitely want that opportunity. Because this is you know, this platform you could easily sell another couple hundred thousand copies. So, so do you have any out there predictions that you want to happen but is unlikely to come true? I I don't know. I think um it, this feels like such a packed direct that, of stuff that we are, are kind of like half expecting just because they have so much stuff on the sideline uh, that uh, it feels, okay, how, how much room is there going to be for third parties and, and indies to come in there and announce stuff? And I suppose there's always room, and they can always make it as long as they need to. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I think when it comes to surprising stuff from third parties, it, it's it seems like the possibility is pretty slim just based on what you what you hear from what developers are working like right now where everyone is still reeling from catching up after the pandemic and they're just trying to get the projects we already know about done and so we are uh, in, in a situation where they're very unlikely and very like hesitant to announce new stuff um but it's like, of the things we've heard about before, I, I do hope we get Sports Story. I think we don't get Hollow Knight Silk Song because that seems to be going over the Xbox now. Um, I suppose, you know, in terms of third-party weirdness, like maybe GoldenEye, but that seems like, that, you know, they might just hold off on announcing that ever or for several months or maybe next year. Who knows? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's, like, um, a chance for some weird crossovers between Microsoft and Nintendo again because of their ongoing uh, trying to make the GoldenEye stuff work and trying to um, open stuff up from Rare to Nintendo Switch Online and stuff like that. So maybe like some like Viva Pinata game gets put on Switch or something like that. That's out there. And that's what I'm going with. Viva Pinata from Microsoft on Switch. I like it. Yeah, I would love that actually. That would rule. I'm glad you brought up GoldenEye because you know 
people are going to expect it. Yes. And Do you think they should expect it? Because I'm like, I don't think you expect it. The anniversary was last month. Yeah. If they're not going to do it then. Why do it now? Exactly. And I mean, one of the reasons that the game hasn't been announced yet is due to the Russia, Russian-Ukrainian war. And the fact that, you know, James Bond is an MI6 agent, mm-hmm. works for the Queen. Yeah, huh? It doesn't help. Wow. It yeah. may not be the right time to release a trailer where yeah, you, you have the character saying, for it's England. It's got to be His Majesty's Secret Service now, not Her Majesty's Secret Service. It's all, it's all flippity-floppity now. Three-month delay to change that. <laughs> yeah, it, it still doesn't feel as though it's the right time to announce GoldenEye. And... I mean, it pains me to say it because I know it's kind of one of those cases where people are saying, oh, you know, it was reported earlier this year that it's a thing. And it is a thing. Of course it's a thing. They, we saw everyone <laughs> saw people play in it. What do I, like, this is such a, like a, this is where I feel like I'm being gaslit, where it's like, we didn't do that. You think I was out there like making that stuff up? Like we were just trying to tell you what makes sense based on what we've heard and what everyone saw with their own eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, from what I was hearing, the plan was to have it out in time for the anniversary. Makes sense. Which They love anniversaries at Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, GoldenEye's anniversary was a big deal. Yep. And, I mean, it came and went. So the fact that we have not heard about it yet shows that there's a reason behind this. It's not because they can't announce it. It's that they're choosing not to for whatever reason that they come up with and i mean it is a shame because it means it's just going to be one of those long-term rumors and reports mm-hmm. of golden eye is coming golden eye is coming it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when right and i mean keep in mind when some of the original reports were coming out earlier this year when the achievement leak list or achievement list leaked Russia had not invaded the Ukraine. So real-world events do impact the entertainment industry. And GoldenEye is one such case. Yeah. I mean, I I would love for it to be a shadow drop at this direct. Sure, of course. It'd be fantastic. Do I expect it to happen? No, but I mean, that's that's my whole philosophy with GoldenEye at this point. I'm not expecting to hear about it anytime soon. And if I do hear about it in the immediate future, I welcome it as a surprise. And mm-hmm. I'd be first in line to play the game online against anybody. Yep. Yeah, same. I, it, it's like one of those ones where it's clearly getting tumbled around back and forth because of real world issues that, that are outside of the control of the people making the decisions regarding the game. So mm-hmm. what chance do we have of like really nailing this down? It, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll see it when we see it at this point. Yes. And now GoldenEye is a good pivot to talk about Nintendo Switch Online. Last year, this is when Nintendo announced Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis were coming to Nintendo Switch Online, along with the expansion pack. A somewhat controversial move, which angered a lot of people. But since it's launched, Nintendo has updated the N64 games to better their performance, get rid of some of the frame issues, and also fix Ocarina of Time with its They added Wave Race 64, so no more complaints allowed. <laughs> That's right. Wave Race 64 is phenomenal. It's perfect, man. I love it. And the water, despite being 
what now almost 30 years well not quite 30 years old yeah, 25 26 years old yeah the water and the water physics are exceptional <sighs> It's unbeatable, man. It's just the way it feels is so in line with what you expect it to feel like. It's yes. um, very few games have ever come close to capturing that. I mean, it is a fantastic game. If you have the expansion pack and you haven't played Wave Race yet, stop listening, pick up your Switch, and play a few races in Wave Race. Get to Drake Lake and watch the fog gradually lift as the sun is coming up. Don't hit the mallards or the drakes. I guess in this case, in this case, because it is Drake Lake. So, <laughs> but play the game; it's outstanding. It's great. Now, the curious thing with NSO is Nintendo finished testing a Game Boy Game Boy Color emulator about eighteen months ago. Obviously, yeah. Game Boy and Game Boy Color are still absent from NSO. Nintendo finishing something and not releasing it for a very long time. Shock. Strange. <laughs> And earlier this year, we saw that a Game Boy Advance emulator is, or was, or is also in the works for NSO, another unannounced platform for Nintendo Switch Online. Is now the right time to announce an expansion to Nintendo Switch Online, in your opinion? Yes, it's the right time. Whether or not they do or do that or not, I, I don't know. Uh, but it's the right time to do it. You know, this is when they originally announced Nintendo Switch Online in the first place, right? A September mm -hmm. Direct. So you're going to have a lot of people who are going to be ready to re-up their subscription or are going to be considering it. And, um, you know, it's a good time to build on what you've done in the past so that you can grow those numbers. If you add new stuff, more people sub will subscribe especially if you can get like a Pokemon on there, who knows if like what that's actually going to look like. I would imagine they probably will be able to get red and blue on there, but mm -hmm. if they do, uh, that'll go a long way towards like getting people excited. And now I know there's a problem with red and blue. Cause you, how do you let people play red and blue on the switch without having access to PlayStation or uh, PlayStation home having to Pokemon home. Uh, okay. <laughs> I get that still. I think that's something they just have to either figure out or deal with the fact that they haven't figured it out. Uh, because it would be a pretty big move to have Pokemon on there. But regardless of what happens with that, uh, I, I think a big update in some form makes sense. Now, will that happen? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. This is the right time to do it. And when we look at NES and Super NES in terms of the game releases this year, it's been very minimal. It's very slow. We're getting not really elite tier NES and Super NES games at this point. So right. what better way to give the base subscriber some incentive to stay subscribed than exactly. adding Game Boy and Game Boy Color to that $20 tier? Yes, it, it, that's I mean, it all just sort of fits together, doesn't it? it mm -hmm. uh, it's been a long time since uh, the, the base tier got just something just for them. And it, it's um, and you're right, they're, you're running out of that stuff. So... You, uh, you give them Game Boy, and it sort of refreshes that side of things. And then down the line, uh, there's obvious pathways forward with, like, Game Boy Advance for the premium tier. But that doesn't have to happen for another two years after this. doesn't have to happen until the next system or whatever. Uh, but for now, that Game Boy stuff would go a long way, and you have so many games on that thing to pull from. Uh, a lot of stuff on Game Boy was licensed, but there was a lot of stuff that you could easily just port without having to worry about licensure and uh, uh, licensing, excuse me. And uh, that would be, yeah, that's going to help Nintendo a lot with being able to keep up with, um, you know, adding content to that. And it'll help, pe help people convince themselves to stay to that $20, $20 tier at the very least. 
Mm-hmm. And see, this is my one hesitation. And if I had a firm confirmation, I would have made a standalone video on this. So that's why I'm including it as a prediction here. It may not be in the direct. It right. may not be this September. But something I have heard from a couple of contacts is that Nintendo is planning to bring GameCube games in a limited capacity to Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, there's been some some talk of people predicting that. So it's now it's you're hearing something on that. It's like, I want to believe, but also nintendo so i don't believe right and i mean that's i believe my leads are good on it it's just one of those cases where it's not solid enough that i have my utmost confidence in the information to like run it as a standalone report yeah and i mean from the details i was hearing it sounds as though it'd be games that they're not particularly interested in doing remasters sure. or remakes of so it's gonna it would have it's to not be those gonna games, be right yeah, it's not going to be the upper echelon of GameCube games. Right. It's, it's going to be... It's not going to be uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess specifically because, yeah, they do have interest in that. Yeah, and they already have the Wii U versions out there exactly. where they could Ready easily port them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It'd be probably something like, just as an example, Luigi's Mansion. They remade it for the 3DS. They probably don't want to waste resources remaking it for the Switch. But if you right. throw it on NSO, it's an intriguing title. That's maybe, interesting. Maybe, you know, maybe something like Wave Race Blue Storm. That's interesting. That makes sense, doesn't it? Because it's but, like, they, you're right, they aren't going to they aren't gonna do the work for many of those games. And there's a lot of beloved GameCube games. And mm-hmm. now's the time to capitalize on all the love for GameCube. And you could say, listen, we have two pathways for these games, some are going to get like all this love and remasters, and then there's going to be GameCube selects or GameCube deep cuts, and and we'll put those on the service. Yeah, it makes sense. I would love that. Like it makes sense, and it would also really tie into the idea of here's Game Boy, Game Boy Color base. Yeah. Expansion tier, you get GameCube. Yeah. You know, it while like also offering. Yeah, while also building on the N64 and. Genesis, but we know N64 is kind of capped at one a month. It's not, you know, that's not bad. It's nice to know you have one game a month coming. Sure, yeah. The September game. It's better than what I thought it was going to be like. It's like, eh, this is actually Mm. pretty okay. And the September game hasn't been announced yet. I would imagine we're probably going to hear about that in this direct. Yeah. Which would kind of make you wonder if it's going to be something significant. Like. I mean, like, you mentioned Pokemon Red and Blue for the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. What if Pokemon Stadium was coming yeah, to the N64 with, ex- cool. with expansion pack support? Yeah. That's, mm. you know, that's a pretty hefty announcement. Yeah, that is. Mm. But that would then bring me back to the idea of, would you really want to announce something like that and then pair it with the inclusion of GameCube? Not, I mean, that seems right. almost too good to be true. Which that's, that's right. You know, it does it, seem it, that way. And if it's Nintendo and too good to be true, it probably is. Mm-hmm. So, like that's that's my hesitation with the GameCube NSO part of it. It's that could come, you know, maybe in October in its own thing. It doesn't have to be here. It could come, you know, even later. It could come early next year. And it's hard to predict what Nintendo's doing with NSO because this time last year, 
it seemed as though Game Boy and Game Boy Color would have been the new additions to NSO, not N64. So yeah. they can always surprise. Yep. Which, I mean, by that line of thinking, we would get GameCube and not Game Boy, Game Boy Color, because Nintendo doesn't want you to think. They want you to be surprised and not come with the most logical thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, potentially, you know, we could get some interesting NSO news out of this Direct. The timing fits, but patterns in Nintendo, that's usually a dangerous trek. Yeah, it's, I mean, they they follow the path of least resistance sometimes, and that allows them to fall into pattern-like behavior, but there's no hope in actually predicting what they're going to do just based on patterns. Mm-hmm. And now we get into the fun part, trying to predict what Nintendo yeah. themselves will bring to this Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Man, I think we finally see the new mainline Fire Emblem game. That let's see. I mean, God, it's it's how long has it been finished? Like forever. Yeah, I mean, they've basically have just been they've been sitting on it now for months. I mean, the game was well, con- the game was content complete last summer. So after that, you know, it's just testing, localization, polishing. Yeah, but the game. The game is ready to be announced. The game, you know, is essentially ready to release. And it feels as though this is going to be that type of title that they position in. I mean, I won't dismiss the possibility of late 2022, like December, but I think early 2023, definitely within the fiscal year, is going to play favors for this new Fire Emblem game. Yeah. That sounds, uh, that sounds right. Let's, let's jump to the big boy. What do you think about uh, Breath of the Wild 2? Uh, I mean, getting a name seems like almost table stakes for this direct, right? Breath of the Wild 2 is a game that bewilders me. Yeah. Everything would point to it being at this direct. It seems the timing is right. We haven't heard of the game since the February announcement that it's being delayed. Right. It's the biggest game that they have that is also relatively close to now and mm-hmm. it would be weird to go by with a major direct and major general direct without mentioning it my hesitation is when they put out spring 2023 what is spring to nintendo because right you know meteorologically spring is till june <laughs> and yep. if nintendo is using that then they could easily wait till february to give us the name, a meaningful trailer, and all those type of details, because it's not like this game needs marketing. It existing is enough marketing in and of itself. Yeah. But, I mean, to a certain extent, they have said stuff in the past, like they've promised a Zelda every year to, like, investors to a certain... Or, you know, they've suggested, like, this is important to our brand, and mm-hmm. when they when they get in that mindset... It's like, okay, well then, you know, we're about to go at least a fiscal year without a um, new Zelda prop or new Zelda release. And, well, that then that leads, okay, then the, the ports probably make a lot of sense. You fill in the gap right now with those. But then how do you talk about those without mentioning the fact that Breath of the Wild 2 is right there uh-huh. waiting to come up? I, I, yeah, it, it's, again, uh, the stuff I've heard is, is vague on these things. And, um... And stuff that I'm not, like, I'm not 100% confident in. So it's like I want to be, 
I want to tell everyone, yeah, 100% ex- expect well, you know, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. And I know Mike was very confident about it when we talked about it on our podcast. I've always been less so than confident than he is in this. Uh, but I, I, it does, like, regardless of all that, it makes a lot of sense to have those games here mm-hmm. uh, because it's just, yeah, a Zelda release every year. Um, so if those do show up, I would imagine Ijinuma has to come out and say, well, I'm talking about Zelda, and I know the one you really want to hear about. However... And can he really do that dance without then just saying, well, here's the name. I feel like that kind of makes a lot of sense. See, my other hang-up with Breath of the Wild 2 is the presence of Metroid Prime in this yeah. Direct. Sure. Be- like, you can't announce Metroid Prime 1 is coming to Switch this holiday yeah. and not have an update on Metroid Prime 4. They have to go in tandem. Well, but then doesn't that, to me, that also like helps make Zelda make a little bit more sense, though, because Metroid Prime 4 is the one that's going to be like, Here's our solemn saying, hey, listen, here's some Metroid news. But first, Metroid Prime 4, I know you want more. Uh, here's the Metroid to hold you over. We'll talk about you, talk about it again soon. And then mm-hmm. you, don't, you can't do that same exact dance with Zelda, right? Zelda would be like, hey, no, we're, we're starting the kickoff of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2's campaign with these games releasing, and here's the name. And then also we'll talk more about the game soon. That's what it feels like it is shaping up to be to me. But do you think that direct is almost too good to be true? Metroid oh, Prime, yeah, Prime absolutely. Four, Wind Waker, yes. Twilight Princess, Breath one of, of the Wild. One of the main <laughs> reasons why, like in my gut, I'm like, what are you like? Why are? Why is this the direct that you keep that keeps coming out of your mouth? But it's just like it's what we've heard. But like <laughs> in my brain, I'm like, that's too good to be true. Uh, now, you know, all that said, Metroid Prime Remaster this holiday feels like a sure thing. It's the 20th anniversary in November. The game is done, uh-huh. been done. It was the easiest thing in the world. It apparently looks very good. Like, yeah, let's, of course it does. It's Metroid Prime. And so it, if it comes out in that it headlines and there's no Zelda stuff, I'll be upset because we promised Zelda stuff, but I wouldn't be too surprised. Um, still, though, I, I, I think that it makes sense because it, it it's you're right it's too good to be true but also nintendo has put themselves in this position they could have had mm-hmm. a general director talk about one or the other of these things in june they could have start, started talking about these things in tweets they've had no problem announcing things in tweets we have gotten to this point they haven't really talked about any of these projects in any way in many uh, in any significant way this year and now here we are and they're sort of slowly running up to the wall of you know, getting into late 2023, getting to any point in 2023 where, where all the conversation is for sure going to turn to what is next for the next Switch. Mm-hmm. Like, we are just going to be in that conversation regardless of what Nintendo wants us to be or not. And so, you kind of like, this is the last big Switch 1 blowout direct before we are fully in that lead, that lead up to the next Switch. So, you kind of have to do it now. And so, maybe it is a little bit too good to be true, but maybe circumstances justify that happening i don't know what, what, what do you think i'm i think if breath of the wild 2 is there i think we get a general release date maybe a month yeah. we get the name and we get a meaningful story trailer if yeah, it is there cool. yeah my gut feeling is that it it has to be there but it's just that hang up in the back of my mind of, is this the right time for it? And I mean, everything does point to, yes, this is the right time for it. We haven't seen a meaningful gameplay or meaningful direction of this project 
at all at this point. We've seen two trailers which have, have amounted to essentially two minutes of footage. Mm-hmm. A lot of just in-game cinematic footage at that. Some of it was recycled from the previous year or two years prior. And we need a fresh look at it. So I could see this be a show closer. Yeah. And just to give us something, you know, a glint into 2023's first half in terms of software planning. It's just the Metroid Prime 4 part gives me hesitation. Yeah, it does muddy the waters a little bit. It, and it creates a little bit of a hoop for them to jump through. I mean, and like Breath of the Wild 2 being there, I think it can be there independent of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess being announced for Switch. Like, I don't think those mm-hmm. two projects have to be there for Breath of the Wild 2 to actually have a meaningful impact. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then we would have the first fiscal year without a Zelda release, I believe, in about a decade. And, I mean, yeah, common sense would dictate that Nintendo would have slotted in one of those two games for this fiscal year once they had decided to delay Breath of the Wild 2 into 2023. But given their second half lineup, maybe there was no opportunity. I mean, the first half of October still looks open. Bayonetta and Rabbids 2 is in the second half. Yeah. November, we know Pokemon's coming out. We are expecting Metroid Prime 1 to be slotted in November, so it's close to the 20th anniversary or the original Metroid Prime's release date. Mm-hmm. Early December, usually Nintendo does have a game release there. Right now, that is vacant. So if they were to bring Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, they could slot them as individual releases or however they plan to release these games, one in October, one in December. Like They don't have to release them together. They could space these out by you know, a month, two months, three months, however they see fit. Yeah. But it also feels as like Metroid Prime, Twilight Princess, Wind Waker. How many enhanced remasters is this direct going to feature from Nintendo itself? I mean, right now, the only new game we've mentioned is Fire Emblem. Yeah. I mean... I, you know, they could throw in everybody's one-two switch in there and really mess things up, but, you no. know, probably not. No. Probably not, no. I, I, listen, there, there could be other surprises, I suppose, to, like, to water down that factor, but also, I don't know. I don't think they're too worried about it, especially if they are, like, thinking about that GameCube stuff. It's like, eh, let's just embrace it. Well, people love GameCube. Here's a bunch of GameCube games that we're, like, remastering in one way or the other. Um yeah, I, I, I get all that stuff. Part of me also thinks maybe we're overthinking it. Because mm-hmm. I, I think if you had all these games on the sideline and you had to put together a direct, it would probably look like the one we're talking about, right? And I get why we say Nintendo doesn't do things that way, but sometimes maybe they do. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, I mean, we know we should finally hear about the golf update for Switch Sports. Sure, yeah. I mean, that was promised. I mean, um, maybe some new content for Strikers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of like the DLC for the games yeah. that have been promised content that we just haven't seen a roadmap or we haven't gotten an update on the roadmap. Um, it's just those big games that could still come out this year, early next year, that are you know really challenging to predict. I mean, one of the games that it does exist is the Donkey Kong in development at Tokyo by Nintendo. Is this the right time for Donkey Kong to make an appearance? Right. It, it, I mean, it's up to seems Nintendo's like, marketing, like, probably ultimately. Not. Yeah, yeah. Seems like probably not, right? I mean, yeah, probably not. It feels as though it's probably something for 2023. 
depending, you know, when the game is scheduled to come out on Nintendo's internal calendar. This could be a mm-hmm. summer 2023 game. They can easily wait till February to reveal that and begin the marketing of a Donkey Kong game. They don't need to give us a hint at something that's coming that far into 2023. They still they like to focus on the next six to eight months. Right. So that seems like an unlikely surprise announcement. It could happen. I'm just not, a, you know, I'm just not going to put it down as a prediction. Sure. Um, but like, out of everything we've mentioned, like Fire Emblem is the one I would come in with the highest confidence, followed by Metroid Prime One. Yeah, I, I think I, uh, I tend to agree with that. Um, where like Fire Emblem seems uh, like it ha- has to happen just based on the timeline. Um, Metroid Prime One Remaster is is coming this holiday. It it just is, and it, and, and so it why wouldn't it be in this direct? And then all of the Zelda stuff. Uh, there's it, there's almost certainly going to be something Zelda there. I feel like they're probably not going to let this direct go by without mentioning Zelda. But um, uh-huh. and if it all happens, great. And if it you know if it doesn't, <laughs> oh well. If it doesn't, it's. Like I said on Twitter, what you meant by blowout, you meant like a tire blowout. It was just screeching to a halt for Zelda. Going into the medium. Yeah, crashing into the medium. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The Zelda blowout was no Breath of the Wild 2 here, no Wind Waker or Twilight Princess. Zelda blowout. Yeah, I'm trying to like, trying to like go, like mentally go through like the EPD teams in my head and trying to think like like who could have something. Uh, EPD 4, I guess, did Game Builder Garage, what, like last year? So probably nothing yet. Maybe I guess maybe they could have something about a year development time on top of like whatever they were prototyping before that. And uh, maybe um, EPD five just did Nintendo Switch Sports. Uh, EPD mm-hmm. six. What do they have? Um, I guess they, you know they, they're the ones that manage all this stuff, so they're gonna have they could have multiple things. Um, Rhythm have, or EPD seven. EPD seven. Do you think there's a new two D Metroid? I mean, I, I'm sure there's one in development, but yeah, but like nothing back yet. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's probably like they just focus on Metroid Prime One. Yeah, yeah, or or like how about like the, the Rhythm Heaven stuff? Like, uh, is there like one of the is there, or a Tomodachi Life, something in that that wheelhouse? I mean, you would expect them to have some sort of quirky, weird type of game. It's and, been I like mean, a grip too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe everybody's one two switch was supposed to be that game, and you know the game just isn't that good um but like rhythm heaven would be great to have a comeback i know was it, i believe it was the director had was it he had cancer and i believe he has since gone into remission so it would be fantastic you know for him his team yeah, to make a brand yeah. new rhythm heaven game that'd be awesome yeah absolutely uh, and then, uh, and then like nine and ten that's you know mario kart and and then the uh, Mario or 2D Mario teams and Pikmin team. I, well, I guess Pikmin Four. Any chance of Pikmin Four? Probably not, huh? I think this past week was six years since Miyamoto announced it. Or, yep. <laughs> so I mean, we're definitely due. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, that, if Pikmin Four got announced, I I would be pretty happy. That'd be cool. <laughs> like, I mean, you'd almost expect Mario would have a presence beyond Mario Rabbids Two. But it's, again, one of those cases of how can a Direct really come out and have a new Mario game, Metroid Prime, Metroid Prime 4, three Zelda games. You, you can't have the holy trinity of Nintendo in a single Direct. No, it just feels not. as though yeah. there's too much good happening in the show. And we've seen Nintendo's 
conservative approach to a lot of their directs this generation. Yeah. Like, this isn't the Wii U direct of that January where they just threw everything they had in development into a single presentation with Xenoblade, you know, Chronicles X, the Yoshi game. Uh, right. and, and there's, and, you know, and there's no sign that they're like done holding on to stuff, right? Like they probably will hmm. continue this strategy of holding on to games that are done. So just because uh-huh. they have a bunch of those doesn't mean that all of them get announced. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, yeah, like Donkey Kong, it doesn't have to be announced here. They can. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we know they're working on a new Mario game. Does it have to be announced here? It does not. I mean, no. especially if it's like not coming out this year. And if it's not in the first half of next year, they can wait until the first direct next year, or if they have a general direct in June and make that, you know, one of their big headliners for that presentation. And I mean, Nintendo's marketing, it's, it's very difficult. They know yeah. the best time to announce a game and release it. And we know they continue to hold things close to their chest with, we can just look at Metroid Prime right now if we want to, or even Metroid Dread. They announced that right. game in June, came out in October. Yep. Very tight window. And I would expect that from a lot of their stuff. And right now, I think they would want to focus on what's coming in the immediate, which would be Metroid Prime. And if there is a Zelda game, be it the ports or Breath of the Wild 2 coming within the next six to eight months, maybe they would give that a showcase here. But again, I mean... Yeah. It's, I, I, it's tough. I, yeah, it's tough. I'll say that um, as, as uncertain as, as we might sound, as I might sound, <laughs> I think it's probably still going to be Metroid Prime this November, uh, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild 2, six to eight months, like you said, and then um, probably the um, uh, one of the two, if not both together, Twilight Princess and, uh, and Wind Waker in like March-ish springtime, early spring, mm-hmm. that, that range. I that's kind of what I'm expecting. And mm-hmm. and hopefully it plays out exactly that way because I think that would be very good. I think it'd be very nice to have those games. Yeah, I think I think if Zelda has a presence here, I think it's just gonna be Breath of the Wild 2. Where yeah. we get a release month. I wouldn't be surprised. And the title. Yeah. I mean for the Zelda 2 stuff, yes. That I yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I think it's the name, the name for sure, and then I bet it's not just the name. It's mm-hmm. probably in no way can it be just the name, really. Yeah, they have to give at least a little more. Yep. And now I'm going to bring up a blast from the past because it has been going around. It's something I have heard, and it's looking like a very likely 2023 release. Now, as to when in 2023, I do not know, which that's why it's a prediction. But Nintendo is looking to bring back F Zero GX. Yeah, that would be fun, too. Another GameCube remaster, huh? <laughs> yeah, see, we're getting a little heavy on the GameCube here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. It's a good it's a good console. GameCube's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, they, they kind of did it with this with the Wii U, right? The Wii U was not super successful. You bring all those games forward. And, like, they start, like, you get through those games, you start looking around, like, can we do this with anything else? Or like, well, you know, the GameCube's popular, but it wasn't successful necessarily there wasn't a ton of those things out there mm-hmm. so even if we bring back a lot of those games and like yeah we have a lot more users now but even if some of our most dedicated users won't have played many of these excuse me won't have played many many of these games so you know why not go this path it makes a lot of sense oh yeah absolutely and another blast from the past advance wars 
does it finally get a release date? Yeah. Does it shadow drop on the eShop following the direct, or is this going to be one of those games Nintendo's just going to shelve until the timing is right? Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I, I really honestly have no idea. I, I think probably what happens is maybe not even a shadow drop because that feels a bit flashy, but just like it's out next week or something like that, or uh-huh. it'll be out at the end of this. It's out this Friday, and uh, you can go ahead and you know get it now if you want. And it's sort of like pretty understated. And I, I, I do think it is going to take some time before Nintendo ever makes another game with, like, modern war connotations in it ever again. I know it's weird. Everyone's going to be like, this is weird. Okay, yeah, it's not me. It's <laughs> Nintendo, everybody. I'm not making these decisions. But but I think it's going to be quite some time before they're, like, ready to take on that subject matter ever again. Yeah, Advance Wars is really one of those games I wouldn't even fathom a guess at in yep, terms of uh, it having a presence here or when it will release. The game is done. WayForward has moved on. Yes. The game went gold. It is sitting on the eShop servers. It is, <laughs> it's a ball entirely in Nintendo's hand, and they are they're sitting on the bench with the ball between their legs. They're looking elsewhere. If the ball drops this week, great. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, I'm not going to be surprised. Yep. Now, do you think it's Nintendo? Yeah, I mean, Nintendo's Nintendo. They do Nintendo things. <laughs> yep. Now, do you have any out there? This won't happen, but I'd love to happen prediction for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, bring back the Excite series. I say that one a lot, but do it. Right. Uh, I, probably just said, like make a direct sequel to Excite like sixty four, um, or Wave Race sixty four, or ten eighty. Uh, but the sixty four one, not the GameCube one. I don't like the GameCube one, but um. <laughs> So any of those would be great. I don't think any of those are going to happen. Um, Wii Music too? No, I'm just kidding. They don't have to do that one. <laughs> you mean about it? You just you just take it easy. Um, and I yeah I don't know. I mean I I think it's cool that they're doing anything with F Zero GX. Like that would be like that alone would be feels mm-hmm. like it's out there, and yet it also feels closer than ever. So um, I think maybe a you know they didn't do one at the beginning of this generation, and it's usually when they do them because it's kind of like a, a concept uh, sort of. Um, tech test for them but a pilot wings i like the pilot wings series i think that'd be cool they're probably not going to do a pilot wings (laughs) probably not but it would be cool i mean the 3ds one with its music was just so peaceful all of them them have really peaceful music yeah yeah Uh, if i had to do an out there man you know i think just gamecube coming to nso would be my out there prediction yeah that would be very out there I mean, if you launch like just that, Luigi's Mansion just there to play, yeah. like it's that's like, yeah, that's out there. Here's man. Luigi's Mansion, Pikmin one and two. Yeah, and just like oh, cool, okay, that's pretty yeah. out there. And you know, maybe here's a uh, Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. Right. Yeah. Although they could totally sell Paper Mario Thousand Year Door with just yeah. a few minor upgrades. Yeah, they so could I HD that, remaster yeah. that, charge sixty bucks for it because exactly. it has a large legion of fans. You know, I, I didn't make that my out there prediction just because we had so much GameCube content already and remasters right. of GameCube games. Right, totally. So, I mean, based on our predictions, I would say the Direct has it has potential, given our predictions. Yes. I mean, okay. I don't think it's going to be a Direct of legendary status. Right, because it's not going to be like announcing things that we didn't even know were coming because even if we weren't out here saying these things about some of these games, these are the kinds of predictions people would be making anyhow, right? Mm-hmm. So 
Um, it, just on that front, it's kind of tough for it to go in there and fully surprise people and, and wow them. Now, um, I suppose maybe there's things we don't know about, so maybe they could, but I, I think I'm with you. Where it's go I think it's going to be a very good direct that's going to leave a lot of people happy, and it's not going to be a legendary one. I think, I, I think that's probably the tier I would put it at. Yeah, it's going to be a solid showing. Probably the type of show that they needed this September. It may not satisfy those coming in with high expectations because they're coming into it with there was no direct in there was no general direct in June. So Nintendo has to deliver something epic in September. They don't have to. Right. Yeah. That's not how. That's not why they would have to do it. They yeah. might feel they need to do it for other reasons, but even those probably are not enough pressure to force them to do anything that they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just going to be. A strong direct it's going to give us updates for the remainder of this calendar year an early look into 2023 and the conclusion of the fiscal year maybe one or two hints beyond the end of the fiscal year so i'm talking you know maybe like the april to june window maybe we get a hint of a game coming but i don't think we're going to get a long-term hint as you know a holiday 2023 game if we do it would likely just be an update on metroid prime 4 just to say Here's a quick look. But I think it's going to be a pretty contained direct with a very strong focus on the here and now of what's coming in from Nintendo's pipeline. But, you know, it's definitely a show I'm looking forward to, and I'm definitely hopeful for a few surprises. Yes, I'm uh, I'm ready for, you know, and I'll be kind of surprised no matter what. Even if all the stuff we talked about comes true, I'll be like, oh, that was nice. Because like you said, it's almost too good to, be, to believe. Mm-hmm. We can go into some of the Streamlabs questions for this week. And our first question comes from Cool Dude Super Noob, who donated a dollar and writes, Conspiracy Theory. Sony can't make more money by supplying loads more, loads more consoles, so they decided to up the cost and make more on the amount of consoles they can produce. It's all for profit, nothing to do with chip shortages. Yeah, I mean... The the things things are priced not because uh, like now never based on how much it costs to make something it's how much you could charge people for and mm-hmm. um, honestly chip shortage seems like it might be something that they're solving right now with with what seems like like uh, a six nanometer process chip we'll see I mean no one's confirmed that yet but in that new PlayStation Five model it really seems like that's what they're using so they're gonna be able to get a lot more chips off every wafer and. I think that they knew that was going to happen. And I think they knew they were solving a lot of their component shortages. And I think they saw supply was increasing in places like the UK and, and they're going to be ready for this holiday and beyond. Mm-hmm. And so the demand caused by the shortage is going to evaporate here probably in the next year or so. So if you wanted to raise the price, you do it now. You do it now after everyone's traumatized from a couple of years and not being able to get one of these things and being like, man, you know, if I can't, if I don't want to, if I don't want to struggle to find one, I have to pay $750 to scalp one from somebody. So, you know, Sony's like, well, why don't we just raise the price? Cause uh, you know how hard it is to get and that this will help. And you know, it, it's all based on what they can get away with. And that's always what it's been. Mm-hmm. Then had a $5 donation from Baron. It writes, hello, kind gentlemen. I would like to ask the following. If a new switch makes its way into the market, how would Nintendo place it in terms of price? Thank you very much. Four hundred. I wanted to say three hundred and fifty, but I think they go all the way to four hundred. Yeah, I mean, depending on how they really position it in terms of the Switch family, right? 
like right now, if prices just stayed the same, they'd have to come in at $400. Now, if they just dropped the original switch, which they won't do at this point, but you'd have to give each one a price drop of some yeah. level. You'd, I mean, be it $100, $50, something. But They don't want to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, the president came out and said our profit margins on the OLED are razor thin. So they're not going to be looking to drop that one to $300 anytime soon. Yeah. But if in the current climate, $400 at least. Yeah. I think he's just, I think his definition of razor is different than mine. I bet. Probably. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then had a $3 donation from Matt. Right. Hello, fellas. Which is the best Beatles album and song of said album? Keep up the great content. Hmm. Um, I, we always, uh, listened to a lot of, um, uh, like mixed CDs when I was a kid or no kid, like when I was young, uh, it would have a ton of Beatles stuff on there, but I was never like pulling from, um, any like one album think, Oh, this is that album. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like the, I like the rubber soul, right? Is that the one that they did kind of late? Um, uh, let me look it up. Yeah. Rubber soul was like 65. Yeah. I like, I like kind of. I think like I think just as an album that one felt like such like a return to rock and roll and I love all their trippy stuff they did before that uh, like I love Sgt. Pepper's I really do mm-hmm. um, but I just kind of going back to like being a rock band after that kind of felt like oh they went home again and it worked I like that a lot yeah I mean Rubber Soul is a fantastic album Norwegian Wood is one of my favorite songs from mm-hmm. that album yeah I mean like the White Album is legendary of course ah. Uh, the whole album is good, so you can't really just pick one song. But as you mentioned, like Sgt. Pepper, it's, it's hard to pick a single Beatle album and song. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it the, is. The Beatles are the Beatles because they have so many hits and classics. Yeah, I like. I think I like Penny Lane uh, on mm-hmm. uh, that's Sgt. Pepper, right? I think that's the one I like best on there. Yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. Then had a $5 donation from Vanilla Cherry 17 All right, excellent show as always. I'd like to ask how you think Nintendo will offer legacy content in the next, say, 10 years. Will they continue to follow the Nintendo Switch Online model or pivot to something completely different? This is Nintendo after all. I, um, I think they are uh, growing into a service company very slowly and painfully, but once that you know, toothpaste is out of the tube. It'll be uh, it'll be harder to undo than what Nintendo's done in the past, um, and that'll be because when you have reliable revenue like a service, uh-huh. and it's kind of like, well, we're not gonna just pull the plug on this. We're projected to make this much money next year. We have to like build that from scratch. It's not the same as like a console where like people just grow less interest and they start buying le- fewer fewer games. It's like you know. Yeah, fewer people will subscribe, but a lot of people will just stay subscribed as part of their natural way of consuming these things. And if you can keep adding games at a good rate, they'll just stay subscribed. And so I I think they continue to grow Nintendo Switch Online. That's not to say it won't change in fundamental ways, but I think the pathway forward is a mutation and evolution of Nintendo Switch Online. Yes, I would agree with that. I don't really see any other path for them with their legacy content because they did the virtual console it was successful on wii it wasn't that successful on the wii u people don't want to continue to rebuy these games and as you were talking a subscription service 
is beneficial to Nintendo. May not yeah. be beneficial to the consumer. Maybe not. But that's the path Nintendo will likely continue to pursue because they can tack on their online service to it to get you to pay. And, you know, it's easy money for them in the long run. Yeah, totally. Then had a dollar donation from Jackie G. And they write, Do you believe Xbox has ever had a year as strong as Nintendo in 2017? Do you think a year like that could ever come? I mean, in terms of Xbox history, they had some very strong years during the Xbox 360 generation. Yeah, but were any like I don't know. I don't know if anyone's ever, ever had a good as good a year as Nintendo did in 2017. That was like such a uh, an anomaly where it's like they things lined up because they were cutting a generation short that they had mm -hmm. a Zelda and a Mario in the same year. You know, not to mention some of the other things they had. You know, putting out Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's yeah. tough for anyone to line up to that. Yeah, I mean, probably no one will match that lineup. If any console did, it would probably be the PlayStation 2, where it had some legendary years, just in, not yeah. in terms of Sony output, but from third-party exclusive Right, yeah, output. once you start mixing that third-party, yeah, that's uh, a good point. Like that. I mean, you can look up one of the PlayStation 2 holiday ads where it had Metal Gear Solid 2, Grand Theft Auto 3, Gran Turismo, Devil May Cry, Silent Hill 2, uh... <laughs> I think Final Fantasy X, and you look at that type of lineup and say, wow. That, that reminds me, Silent Hill at the Direct, right? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course it will be. There'll be some fog. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a twist? That would be very funny. <laughs> then had a $3 donation from Aronson. Right, hey guys. Thanks always for your informative podcast. Love it. Just wanted to ask you, do you think Nintendo could cancel a Direct or delay a game if they see something got leaked? Uh, I, I, I don't want to say that's like out of the realm of possibility, but it seems unlikely. I think they sometimes get like frustrated with the leaks and maybe respond, but for the most part, they have too many... Well, I guess they could, like we said earlier, they could just like take things out of their direct if they, they're the ones in control. Mm -hmm. So if it's some one of their things, maybe, maybe that could happen. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of deals made with partners where embargoes, shadow drops are reliant on when a direct airs. So if it's a shadow drop and, you know, Nintendo got frustrated, I guess they could technically say, well, you know, we'll announce it on Twitter for you. But you can't just be petty and say, ooh, you leak this three yeah. days before we are going to announce it. We're going to delay it a week just to spite you because then you leave third party partners and indie partners saying, wait, wait a minute, our embargoes, you know, maybe we've already sent out early briefings. Now we have to send them an update to say, oops, it's been delayed. Right, yeah, that's it's, too messy. Yeah, they try to keep it as simplified as possible. Yep. We then had a $100 donation from the Zelda Sensei, whom this episode is dedicated to, and they write, thanks for the great show. It's been a minute since my last message. Hope you two had a great summer. Do either of you have a dream vacation that you hope to go on or already have? Also, MVG, hope all your moving and traveling is going well. Well, MVG is currently on vacation in Australia, so he got to go on his dream vacation. Um, I mean, I guess my dream vacation would just... I don't know what my dream vacation would be. Uh, mine would probably be like 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 uh, one of those 
cabins or chalets. I don't know what they have like uh, that, that are on the mountains that you could ski up to or snowboard right up to. So, you know, you just walk out your front door and the ski lift is right there and it takes you up mm -hmm. and you ski down. And then when you get to the bottom, you can either get back on the lift or just walk right into your chalet and just go, you know, warm up by a fire, get the, you know, the, the warm drinks or whatever, and then go right back out. And that, that would be that would be idyllic. Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, I would love that. Nice solitude. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then had a $2 donation from Fox Den Gamer. Words, hello. You and MVG have mentioned a few times that GoldenEye may be coming back, assuming that it's a remaster and not NSO. Do you think we could see it at the next Nintendo Direct, or have things possibly fallen through again? Also, love the content. Well, we touched on that in this episode, but where and when it will finally make its appearance is to be determined yeah. like even like and even who would do it i i I, lean, I go back and forth where it's like you know it's mostly microsoft's effort at this point but nintendo's pretty weird about it yeah i don't know i think it probably first shows up at a nintendo thing probably just not this nintendo thing yeah i mean that's always been the curious thing because I mean, with this collaboration of Microsoft and Nintendo, you would almost feel as though Microsoft would want the honor, but at the same time, you would think Nintendo would have negotiated that they get that privilege, otherwise this project never would have been greenlit. Right, but you also, like, you could see, like, the, to the tokens being used here, where it's like, well, maybe they had to give it up, or they were willing to give it up because they needed something in return, and that was mm -hmm. rare games for Nintendo Switch Online. So right. it's like so clear that that's what was the uh, initiation here for this coming back up. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, during those talks that Microsoft go, okay, 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 yes. <laughs> we can do all this and you can announce it, whatever. We didn't think you would want to, but you do. Okay, whatever. I mean, it'd be very interesting to get the background story of how this deal came into place Absolutely, once we for sure. actually see it come yeah. to fruition. Agreed. Like, not in like the full story of like, and then we were about to like start talking about it, and then a war broke out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then we're like, "That's you know, we could probably still release it." And like, really, you're going to go to risk Nintendo's reputation? <laughs> like, no, you're not. Like, no. Like, then we were going to release it in September, and the Queen died, and we're like, "This isn't good timing either." What are we going to do with this game? And we're just like, "Hey, uh -huh. like Phil, what's it's, going on?" Right? Yeah, it's cursed. Like, clearly, the universe does not want this game out. Mm-hmm. And that's why it never happened before now. <laughs> it's like Indiana Jones finding a relic and opening it and it just oh, doomed yeah, the world. Totally. Like, we're going to do Goldeneye. No, the yeah. whole universe said, no, you're not. <laughs> you go back in your box. Then had a $5 donation from Darachi. Or it's, hey, Nate and MVG. Love the show. My question. Nintendo has a long history as a toy company. And every now and then, their toy maker roots pop back up like with labo and mario kart home circuit what do you think is next on that front yeah that's a good question how are we supposed to guess this though because it's, it's nintendo they're so yeah. random i never would have guessed labo no. uh i suppose like if I, if I was just riffing like non-stop for like three hours maybe i would have stumbled on like an ar mario kart game but for the most part, the things that they come up with are so outlandish and so weird. Like, that's why they go for them. They seem to love that. Like, the weirder, the better. Mm -hmm. So, like, for Nintendo, we could still make it fun. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a... 
hopscotch Waluigi themed game uh, wow. that like where you tie something to your ankle and if you if you jump out of the hopscotch squares your ankle explodes <laughs> you have to build you have to assemble the pipe bomb at your house like that's it that's fun for the whole family it's more fun just building it than actually exploding it but you know it's Nintendo yeah there's something nuts yeah They're at least like <laughs> LSD mushrooms and yeah. Canada <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, Nintendo and toys. I mean, I mean, who would have thought you could make cardboard and turn it into a piano and yeah, you know, every and yet somehow make a Pokemon Snap game that doesn't use the camera Labo kit. Mm-hmm. Only Nintendo could make the exact accessory you need for the game and say we're not doing that. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, Nintendo and games. That's. That's a very hard thing to even think mm-hmm. of. I then had a $3 donation from Legion of Primes. Hey, Nate, I'm dealing with a bad case of carpal tunnel. To the point I can't hold stuff good with my left hand and can't play games because of it. While I, while I await doctor visits, do you have any experience or advice with it you could give? I have never suffered from carpal tunnel. I had a little bit of uh, repetitive stress injury from playing uh, uh, Dead Cell, Dead Cells, yeah, Dead Cells, yes, uh, for like eighty hours in one week on Switch. Um, so then, I, after that, I had to like start using a grip on the Switch because I go, I just could not do the normal, you know, uh, naked Switch anymore. Um, and then I, I think I played Hades and it got pretty similar, even with a grip, uh, in terms of like, oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit of pain here, and I had to take some time off uh, from playing, and that helped. But, uh, you know, if you have lingering issues, and I really don't know what to say other than hopefully the doctor can help. I know I know a lot of people who have had issues do some exercises, but I'm not sure if that's going to get rid of the pain or if it's going mm. to just alleviate it temporarily. So good luck. Yeah, definitely good luck. Hopefully the doctor has some good advice, some, yeah, you know, good methods to alleviate your pain. I mean, I guess the only advice I could really give is look at how many hours of if it's gaming related look at how many hours of gaming you are doing in a single session and maybe cut that back a little bit but i mean i guess it depends on how you got the carpal tunnel and what activity you've been you know doing Mm -hmm. in the long term and repeating to get the ailment but yeah definitely good luck and hopefully the doctor can help then had a Dollar sixty-nine cent donation from Mister Stud Muffin. They write, "What is one oh I'm really stupid moment you had while playing a video game? I played the first Bayonetta without realizing lollipops heal you and brute forced my way through the entire oh, game, dying constantly. Bayonetta two was super easy after that." <laughs> <laughs> I I uh, I do this all the time because I'm like I'm only half paying attention because I'm a I'm a bad person uh so like i can't think of like any one example but i do remember my wife um who was my girlfriend at the time she was playing through uh henry hatsworth and she did not know that you could upgrade the character and so she played through that entire game doing the same thing she brute forced her way through the diff- like and that's a really difficult game anyhow and then you add on top of that she was not upgrading it was like jesus and we get to the end and i'm like looking at her character i'm like what's going on here and it's like oh my god she didn't upgrade it uh so and, and it's like that that was mostly just impressive though, like the bayonetta thing for sure. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think of if I have ever... Uh, Dean Takahashi played through all of Mass Effect without uh, upgrading his characters and then wrote a review about it, and everyone got really mad at it. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, he has the Cuphead incident. Yep. Not a good, not a good duo for Dean. Yeah, I mean, he, he plays it off gracefully now. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of a... I mean, I'm sure I have experienced them where it was just like, oh, shit, I didn't know I could do it that way. I just can't think of an example right now. Mm-hmm. Then had a $2 donation from Mr. Cake Plays. Any news with Metroid Prime 2 and 3 Switch ports? I'm playing through all the Metroid games for the first time, so I missed out on the trilogy physically for Wii. I would really like to have something comparable in my collection without breaking the bank. Yeah, uh, so... What I've heard, and I know there was like there's rumors going around this like separately from this, and th- these two things seem to corroborate each other. Uh, that they are doing something with two and three, but it seems like a less involved process than what they're doing for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and so there'll be I think there'll be a less fanfare for when those do eventually happen. But they do they do plan to make those happen at some point. So uh, right now they're just going to focus on one though. Yes, that's what I was hearing as well, is that 2 and 3 are very basic HD efforts. Yeah. Um, I mean, the big thing for 3 would really be remapping the motion controls to a standard control system. Yeah. Uh, But beyond that, it's not going to get the full work that we're going to see from Metroid Prime 1 as to when we actually see these ports. I mean, you would hope that... We're not going to wait too long, and they would happen before Metroid Prime 4 finally comes to market. So maybe we see them sometime next year, but that is just, I mean, that's a pure guess. Yep. I, I think that sounds right to me, though. We then had a $1.69 donation from Mr. Studmuffin. What is a silly moment in a video game that made you feel like a horrible person? For me, it was Luigi's Mansion 3 after capturing the film director ghost. He was creating cinema and didn't do anything wrong. I'm a monster. I regret it to this day. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to think of anything like that, but that is a really good one. I'm a horror, I mean, it was probably like probably shot and killed some random NPC in a game yeah. for no reason. Um, I mean, if I want to like really just give a cop-out answer, I, could, I guess I could say um, the Russian airport scene and call oh, it right. no russian yeah no russian yeah yeah but um yeah, it's a good one i mean i felt like a horrible person the entire time i played untitled goose game and i loved it yeah God, i mean that's a that's a game i need to go back to i mean i played a lot of it but it's like <laughs> nah, it's like it's about time where i can go back and just like play that for probably like 45 minutes and have a real good time again yeah torment uh, the poor kid steal his glasses yeah, scare him i suppose i i i, I felt like a uh, a bad person, but I also felt totally justified when I caused like an ec- economic collapse in our game of eco that I was playing, where like um, <laughs> I, I had my own store currency, and I, you know what? Actually, there was a lot of re- lotteries since I was a bad person in that game because I owned all of the carts and I lent them out to all the workers, and they could only use it like when I gave them permission, and then they'd have to use them to bring the stuff to my store, and I would pay them with company script. And so it was like this whole thing that I controlled, like top to bottom. And I would write like messages on the carts that said stuff like no unions and like a lot of like economic gibberish, like quantitative easing and stuff like on there just to mess with them. And then eventually, like we were going to move to a global currency because it it gave us a lot more power because it would be like this is much more useful for it's going to encourage people to work actually harder in this game that we where you need to kind of work. 
And uh, but everyone was kind of against it because they had invested a lot of money in my company script and like, no, I, if we do this, I at least want to get uh, more money because I have more of your company script. And I'm like, no, that's not how it's going to work. So I um, flooded the market with my company script so that it was worthless. It was it completely just <laughs> devastated the entire game economy. So everyone's like, fine, we'll move to the new economy and everyone will get the same amount of money to start whatever. And I'm like, yes, it worked. It worked. <laughs> You are a horrible person. Yes, exactly. I felt like I felt vile and uh, like I was a, like a lizard person in my world. It was very cool. Like I'm, I am pulling the levers of power. <laughs> and that was the final Streamlabs question this week. But we did have one other donation, which comes from Shamsa, who donated $100 to support the channel. And again, if you'd like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question, we will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei. And I'd like to thank Jeff Grubb for joining me this episode. Uh, thanks for having me, man. It's nice to, like, when all these direct stuff is, 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 are happening, and it's like, oh, I could just sit down and talk with Nate about it, and he'll understand me. He gets it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> and you can f find Jeff over on Giant Bomb. There'll be a link right. to the site and Jeff's Twitter account in the description below. And if you enjoyed this predictions episode, be sure to give the video a like. If you didn't give it a dislike, let us know your prediction thoughts in the comment section below. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.